0: Hello, and welcome back to Adventuring Scripture as we continue our journey through 1 Peter and efforts to know God and his word more and cultivate greater intimacy with him. So we'll pick up today in chapter 1, verse 2. And so Peter has begun his letter. He said, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, Picking up here in verse two, he says, according to the foreknowledge of God, the father in the sanctification of the spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. Okay, so there's kind of a lot here, so we'll take it apart piece by piece. And so it begins with this phrase, according to the foreknowledge of God. And so foreknowledge or to foreknow can refer not only to knowing facts or information, but also to how God knows his people with this this personal and intimate and loving sort of knowledge. The NLT translates this section, God knew you and chose you long ago. And this God is not this distant force or being, but rather this is a God who invites us to call him father. This was according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father. And this is such a hard concept for me at least to grasp. It's one of those things that's that's easy to know intellectually and in, in my head that God is my father and he loves me as his daughter. I could say that. But experientially and in my day-to-day life, it's hard for me to actually comprehend and believe and live into that identity. So something I've been praying for myself and my prayer for you too would be that of Ephesians three sixteen to 19 that says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And I love verse 19 there that says, to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. So there's, there's a way of experiencing the love of Jesus that goes beyond mere information, where our human brains simply cannot grasp the vastness and the depth and the truth of the love that God has for us as our Father, and there's a quote from this theologian named J.I. Packer who said, If you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity, find out how much he makes of the thought of being God's child and having God as his, as his father. If this is not the thought that prompts and controls his worship and prayers and his whole outlook on life, it means he does not understand Christianity very well at all. This this concept of us being God's children and God being our father is so foundational and just so important to grasp as followers of Jesus. And I had a mentor ask me recently, what was the way that I most often thought about or related to God, whether that be as creator or king or savior or whatever. And at the time I didn't really have an answer. I think I was kind of overwhelmed in the moment, but I want my answer to that question to be that I relate to and know God and understand him most as my father. And thinking back too, even to Peter's original audience here. Um, first, Peter was written to encourage Christians enduring suffering and persecution and what comfort it would have been for them to be reminded that, that the all-powerful and mighty creator God is their father who knows them and chose them to be his, his kids. And anyway, so we have, according to the foreknowledge of God, the father, next is the phrase in the sanctification of the spirit. And so this is all in the context of, of the, the readers of first Peter being elect exiles. So elect exiles, for these areas according to the foreknowledge of God the Father and then in the sanctification of the Spirit. And so sanctification is the process that believers go through in which they are being they are being made holy. They're growing in their spiritual maturity and they are becoming more like Jesus. And the whole existence of those who follow Jesus is within the realm of this sanctifying process, the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit and The Spirit is present and at work and was at work for Peter's audience then and for us today. And that's in every circumstance, not just in what we think of maybe as spiritual moments of church and reading your bible and prayer like yes for sure those are sanctifying moments but also it's it's in sorrow and it's in hardship and it's in memorable moments and the mundane it's in our relationships and our work all of life fits into this sanctifying process this refining of our character and our soul and all of that being submitted more fully unto the Lordship of Jesus. And so any of that can be a tool for the Spirit's sanctifying work. And then the next little section, so elect elect exiles according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ. And so this reveals God's purpose for the recipients of 1 Peter as they live as elect exiles in the world. And so the purpose they are living for, their goal in what they're doing is to strive to increasingly obey Jesus on a day-by-day and moment-by-moment basis. And yet, even the most mature Christians will always fall short of the glory of God. None of us can attain sinlessness on this side of eternity. And so even as we grow in sanctification and obedience to Jesus, there still will always remain sin and evil and rebellion in our lives that we, that we have to battle as we grow. And so Peter includes then following is for sprinkling with his blood. That is Jesus's blood. So sprinkled blood in the Old Testament was a powerful visual of a sacrifice being made. And in the vast majority of Old Testament sacrifices, the blood of the animal would be sprinkled on the altar or the mercy seat. And there are only three situations um, where the blood um, of the sacrifice would be sprinkled on the people themselves. And the first example was at Mount Sinai. Moses sprinkles the blood of the sacrifice on the people of Israel as part of the covenant initiation ceremony of this um, initiation, the covenant relationship between the people of Israel and God, that he would be their people, that they would be his people and he would be their God. And second then was for the ceremony of Aaron and his sons as they began their priesthood. Um, And then lastly was for a purification ceremony for lepers who had been healed of their leprosy. And so with Peter using this language of these elect exiles and sprinkling of blood, we see the example of Jesus, who was the greater and complete fulfillment of Old Testament sacrifice. And so because of the sprinkling of Jesus's blood, we, both believers now and in the time of first Peter, we are able to enter into the new covenant with God. And so believers are now able to access God in this way through the new covenant. Think of communion. Think of, um, yeah, just our new relationship with the Lord because of the new covenant, our relationship with the Lord. And then also believers are now a royal priesthood before the Lord. Um, Peter will dive uh, into this concept later in his letter. Um, But we are a royal priesthood to the Lord. And also like lepers, the cleansed lepers, believers are continuously cleansed of their sin and their defilement and their impurity as Jesus' sacrifice is sufficient for our sin whether it's past sin, present sin, future sin. Uh, Hebrews 10.22 says, Let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Mm, That's so good. And so finally, um, wrapping up here, verse 2. Peter concludes with, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. And this exhortation of grace and peace is a common one in New Testament letters. But but I'm kind of struck with the particular beauty of, of Peter's phrasing here. Um, other translations, ways of um, kind of parsing out the Greek into English. Um, Peter's asking for an abundance of, of grace and peace, for, for these things to be poured out lavishly upon them. And just thinking for believers enduring suffering and hardship, um, as the audience of 1 Peter was, the blessing of the empowering presence of God in grace and the wholeness and restoration of peace that would have been greatly desired and needed in their lives and walks with the Lord. And yeah, so I asked too um, for the Lord, that he would pour out his grace and peace and that it would be multiplied in all of your lives as well. Um, and in my life, um, yeah. So I just kind of want to end with, with a prayer and encouragement, um, in light of these verses. And so father, I, I just come before you. I thank you, um, that you are our father that you have adopted us into your family, that our identity is grounded in the fact that you are our dad and that you love us and you are a good, good father. Lord, I thank you for um, the way that you sanctify us, that you make us holy. Lord, we want to increasingly do that. Lord, help us to, to be obedient to Jesus Christ. Lord, thinking of how we are to love the Lord your God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love our neighbor as ourselves and how we are to go into the world and make disciples and display the fruit of the Spirit and all of these beautiful commandments that are good and glorifying to you, Lord. Help us to obey them. And Lord, when we fall short, may we remember the sprinkling of your blood, Jesus. May we remember that you have invited us into a covenant relationship, that you have made us your royal priesthood to be a mediator between God and man. And Lord, that you have cleansed us and washed us and invited us because of this in your presence because of the covering of Jesus's blood. I thank you for your grace and I thank you for your peace that you pour out lavishly upon us. And may we go forth in that today. We love you, Lord. Amen.